everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Library Girl and Book Boy podcast. Now this week my podcast has a mental health theme which is a very hot topic in primary schools at the moment. Um, This post is part of a blog tour for the new Level Headers activity book series which is written by Beth Cox and Natalie Costa who are both experts in their fields and I'll be talking to them about how their books can be used in schools to help develop self-confidence, self-belief, empathy, mindfulness skills, everything that schools are working really hard to provide for their pupils at the moment. everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Library Girl and Book Boy podcast where I am talking to Beth Cox and Natalie Costa about their new series of books, Level Headers. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thanks so much. Honestly, it's really, I'm really glad that we're finally able to have a chat and to talk. So thank you. No, it's, thank it's, br- you. it's brilliant. And your um, Level Headers series is published by Be Small Publishing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And am I right in thinking there are currently two titles? Yes, two titles um, published on the 1st of August. Brilliant. So would you mind just telling the people listening a little bit about um, those two titles and, and the series as a whole? Yeah, sure. Do you want to go, Beth? And then you do one, I do one? <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, the idea of the Level Headers series really is there for children age six plus. So we say up to about 12, but to be honest, you know, they could be up to 112. <laughs> the strategies yeah. are relevant for everyone, really. And so Find Your Power is the first book in the series. And that's really about building self-esteem and self-worth um, and just giving children those strategies that they can use in their day-to-day life to develop their self-esteem. Um, and then the other one is about stretching your confidence. So I'll let Natalie tell you. <laughs> yeah, so the stretch your confidence is, well, as the name suggests, it's about providing children with tools and strategies to help them build their confidence um, and their, their feeling, you know, building their courage as well in terms of doing things that might be new or things that are slightly out of their comfort zone. Um, so it really ties in quite nicely, I think, with the, um, the find your power, you know, that we've got things around self-esteem and then looking at confidence as well yeah no it sounds really interesting and I know that you um, have both been involved in working in schools with children but what made you decide to create this series of books um I think well I mean there is definitely the work that I do um as a coach and obviously in schools you know mental and emotional well-being is being spoken about a lot more now than what it was say even four or five years ago so I think we're slowly beginning to recognize the importance of you know not just supporting us as adults with our emotional and mental well-being but actually starting to bring these tools to younger children as well Um, and I think you know having some tools in place I think Beth maybe you'd agree with me here where we um, you know helping to develop positive habits when it comes to the challenges, the setbacks um, that, you know, we all face whilst we're growing up. But I think what, what the, you know, the feedback that I get from parents 
and the way that I did obviously goes into these books as well is I wish we had these tools available when we were younger versus trying to learn a new habit at the age of say 37 or 40 you know and how to deal with your worries and obsessive thinking or you know the unhelpful thoughts but just being able to bring that to younger children from an earlier age yeah and I mean there's there's a lot of books coming out around anxiety and worries for slightly older children um as well Mm -hmm. and actually we've felt really quite strongly that prevention is better than cure basically and it's important to give children these tools at a really young age before lots of those worries start creeping in or you know or they they start you know they get less and less confident about certain areas actually if we can give those them those tools at a younger age then they just become a natural part of what they do in life and like Natalie says it's much easier to learn from the age of six than from the age of 40 I mean some of these I only kind of started using a couple of years ago and they've had a huge impact on my life so you think wow if I'd have known this my entire life yeah things you know really positive (laughs) yeah I think you're right there I think the earlier that we can um, give children the tools to help manage their emotions and process what they're what they're feeling the better have such a massive impact I'm sure yeah absolutely absolutely um I mean even just you know I think of some of the 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 one-to-one clients that I'm working with at the moment and just in terms of what I you know like shifting their ideas of what they can do and initially they thought I can't do this but then learning the tools and many of the tools are shared in the book it's like oh actually I can do this and it's good that I'm making this mistake and if I feel nervous that's a, you know that's not a sign that I shouldn't do something it's actually a sign that I'm, I'm doing the right thing so I think just giving them that shift of perspective when it comes to these sort of aspects as well just goes a long way yeah yeah definitely um so Natalie you work um as a confidence coach how um has that helped you advise the content of the book yeah so um prior to that though just to kind of add in there I used to be um a primary school teacher so I taught in primary schools for over 12 years and um I you know I saw that there was a bit of a gap in terms of helping children understand their thoughts and basically to recognize that you don't have to believe every thought you think or respond to everything that you feel um and just giving them the tools I think to be able to understand their feelings and their emotions at a slightly deeper level versus I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm mad, you know? So being able to give them some tools to kind of unpick that and go a little bit deeper. Um, And I think the, you know, in terms of helping children, it's just giving them that extra, yeah, tools in their toolkit because I also think, you know, comparison to when I was at school things are very different today versus when I was at school and yes that you know we had our challenges then but um I think you know that that there's a lot more on children's plate today that they have to manage um so giving them these tools I think just helps them you know build that sense of resilience and I'm so sorry because I've forgotten your question I think I'm going off tangent so (laughs) you've answered it well it was how your um experience as a confidence coach helped um create the content of the book yeah okay sorry yeah and I'm because I'm so I also think the other thing as well is when I was teaching I used to see so many children you know crippled with the fear of making a mistake or they'd hold themselves back or they wouldn't answer a question in class because they're afraid they get something wrong and I mean that's something that I can definitely relate to because I was quite anxious as a child and even you know into adulthood I think having 
these sort of feelings, but learning how to deal with them at an older age. And that really made me realize that we can teach our children these tools in a way that's easy, fun, digestible, um, but things that they're able to apply and to start to use and really start to see great impact from from um, an early start. Brilliant. Thank you. And Beth, you are an inclusion expert. How did your experiences help shape the books? Um, I think it just made me come out of it from a slightly different perspective, really. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, all children were, you know, even if they can't find themselves in the books because there's a limited number of characters, Mm. it was really important that the activities didn't exclude them. Um, So little things like when we, the first um, activity in Find Your Power is about looking at how you are a miracle and how you're created as a miracle. And it was very important writing about that, that, you know, I was aware that there are, you know, there's 35 different types of family set up in the UK. So talking about your ancestors and how you were created, you know, it was really important to be aware that, you know, a child reading this book could come from any one of those family setups and that they weren't excluded by that because, you know, they might not have the conventional nuclear family. They might have a different family set up or be adopted or you know what I mean so it was just having that awareness and writing to all children rather than just you know those who you know oh, what's the right terminology I should know this um, <laughs> but, do you know what I mean those, those who kind of fit what you'd see as a conventional stereotype yeah no I think it's Sorry, Sorry and, and things like, you know, making sure that the illustrations challenge gender stereotypes or, you know, didn't didn't reinforce children and, and didn't kind of put them in boxes. It's, this is mm. all about learning that you can be who you are and break out of those boxes and differences, you know, differences is a really positive thing and what makes everyone interesting. So, yeah, it, that that's how it really helped me, I guess, just having a slightly wider perspective on what we were representing. Mm. And I think and actually in, in the kind of current political and educational climate recognizing everybody's being different but equally valid is so important and i think yeah. schools have a role yeah. to play as much as families do in helping to spread that message mm-hmm. yes definitely. Mm, definitely so how could um teachers or parents or families or supportive adults um use these books most effectively with the children they were written for mm, i think um well, I think, you know, if I'm like, putting my teacher hat on, yeah. it's um, a really nice activity to do as part of, you know, the PSHE time that I know some schools have or, um, you know, even a circle time because it's, there's so many opportunities there that bring up discussions that you might not normally be able to have with children during the normal school day because you're talking about all sorts of things. So things along the lines of exploring, you know, um, how to break down a problem if I'm looking at stretch your confidence now or, you know, champions of change, looking at different ways in which, you know, we can kind of go through change and also looking at mistakes and how that helps your brain grow. So I think, you know, each kind of spread gives like a little mini lesson that you're able to, and as as a discussion point that you can use with children um, in class. And I mean, even, you know, going further on, they could write a story about a time that they did something difficult and how they grew their confidence or create a character you know that that you know create builds his confidence but um i think as well with them it allows you know parents to do with their children or children can do separately but um 
it's really nice if parents are able to do that with their children because again it brings up conversations or you know little sparks of conversation that you might not normally have with your child mm. yeah and I think in the book as well we've got there's little icons on the pages for you know, mm. useful facts but we've also got to take it further and then make your own icon so there's various suggestions in there for ways that you know parents or teachers with the children can take the activities further than the book yeah um but also the other thing is i think especially if the child's slightly older they might want to keep what they're putting in the book quite personal as well so you know depending on the child you might want to say actually okay this is your private book you don't have to share with me Mm. what's in there because that might be important for the children to be able to express you know their feelings and their thoughts that they're not ready to share yet so i think it's, it's important to be aware of that as well yeah and certainly if you are using them in a class environment the same does apply some children aren't happy or willing to share yeah in front of a large audience so it is nice that there are ways they can work Mm -hmm. on them on a deeper level by themselves if they wanted to yeah 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 and I also think I mean and this I always say as well but it's you know there are no right or wrong answers so I think really it's giving that free reign that this is you know you it's an opportunity for you to explore your feelings and to put down your thoughts um you know, and there's no, compa- you know, no judgment about whatever it is that you put down, you know, which is also what we said about, you know, keeping it private and personal if they choose to. Um, but yeah, if they want to talk about it, then that's obviously aids for that as well. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Thank you. Now, you said that this series is due out in the shops in August, which is very yes. soon. Yes. And um, it, that seems very well timed given the, the recent news reports have been with the quite frightening but mm. not surprising, I think, to those people who work in education, um, the fact that referrals to child health services have increased by 50% over the past three years and that waiting lists for these services can be years themselves. Does this mm-hmm. um, reflect your own experiences? Yeah, I think, um, well, I definitely see it in schools, um, you know, when I do my school workshops, when I speak with parents. Um, and, I, you know, I've also questioned, like, well, why is there this increase? Um, I think partly because we're beginning to talk about it more. Yeah. So I think, you know, if I just relate back to the times when I was at school, we just didn't talk about feelings and mindset and thoughts the way we do today um, right now. So I think it's partly that, that we're beginning to really embrace and speak about these things more so it seems like I I don't know in my opinion it seems like more and more people are coming out with it but actually I think a lot of us had you know had you know maybe perhaps struggled when we were younger but we were just told to be quiet and get on with it um I certainly did (laughs) yeah you know and I think that kind of festers then and it comes up in other ways um and I think just you know recognizing the importance of the emotional and mental well-being not just in adults because it impacts us at work but also for children um but then also I think you know society has changed a lot and I think the demands on our children you know it's a bit of a catch-22 it's that there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot more on their plate um versus to when I was a child I mean I've got five-year-olds telling me they want to be vloggers and youtubers and comparing themselves to you know, already like stepping into that comparisonitis kind of world. And I think, um, so there's that, that, that I think there's kind of a bit of both, in my opinion. Mm. And Beth, how about you? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't work in school so closely anymore. So, you know, Natalie's experience is more directly relevant than mine. But, you know, from certainly in, in the parenting world, I'm aware of, you know, 
there being much more issues around you know children managing their feelings and also mm-hmm. you know being under a lot more pressure at school they're much more aware of you know the things like the tests and the levels and I mean I mm-hmm. guess children always have been in a way but I think they're becoming more and more aware of you know what's expected on them and the pressures on them and one of the reasons mm-hmm. I left teaching was because I felt there was so much there was so little time for that personal and social development yeah um mm-hmm. And that you know, there's a lot of focus on the curriculum and what you're learning, but even things like the arts are being cut down, um, which is where a lot of children are able to express themselves. So, you know, without wanting to kind of blame yeah. <laughs> the education system or you know everyone having screens, I, th- I think all these things do have a slight impact. Um, and yeah, we certainly had pressures when we were young, but they were just different pressures. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree. And as I said um, earlier, I work with children who can't currently attend their mainstream mm. schools. And for the majority of them, it is because they have um, such huge anxieties mm. about actually attending school. And some of this is due to the pressure that mm. is put on the children or the pace at which they're expected to learn. Mm. And I don't, I don't think the current system really accounts for the fact that children are all different and mm. they learn at different rates. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. think... Just... Or, or different learning different ways I think yeah. as well mm-hmm. that's different ways are suited to different children and I think you know the the current system it suits very academic children but actually if you're not that you know if if that's not your way of learning or working it, it's a lot harder mm-hmm. and it's a lot more of a struggle and you know and things like a class of 30 is actually huge yeah so yeah and I think as well just going back to you know some pupils I worked with last week who um and I mean, I know this still as a teacher, you know, that would really struggle to access the curriculum. Um, so that would, you know, there's those elements as well that, you know, and then instantly they start to attach this label to themselves and they say, I'm lazy or I'm dumb or I'm stupid. When in actual mm-hmm. fact, they're just, they just, they learn in a different way. Um, and a big thing that I see as well is, you know, children attach, a large amount of children attach their self-worth to the scores that they get or the marks that mm-hmm. they achieve. Um, and I think that, that that also maybe you know that definitely I think plays a bit of a role as well yeah in that and there's things that you can't test yeah there's things that might might be that those children are outstanding at Mm, mm, definitely and it does confidence Mm, it's like testing a goldfish on how well it can fly yes Yes. yeah Yeah, exactly it's never going to do well is it but if it's swimming that would be a different matter entirely Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely no, it's a really a really sad state of affairs, and I do hope that um, things are going to change soon. But certainly, having resources like your books available to use will help, hopefully, help individuals at home, but also will help teachers yeah. tap in and hopefully preempt some of these anxiety issues before they become mm-hmm. um, major major problems for the, yeah. the children who who are involved. Yeah. Um, so. Just to finish off, I know that you've got um, two books written currently, Find Your Power and Stretch Your Confidence. Are there plans for more in the series? And if so, can you give us any clues at all? Uh, yes, just in the past couple of weeks, we've started working on books too. So, um, yeah, so when we were writing both books, <laughs> there was so much that came up around feelings and friendship that we mm-hmm. both felt very strongly that there was another book in that yeah. where we could dive much deeper into, you know, loads of stuff around feelings because, uh, and loads mm-hmm. of stuff around friendships because 
you know they're quite interlinked and they can be really hard for some children um you know and well for all children you know, when you have a little fight with a friend how do you overcome that yeah. so we, we wanted to take that much further and then the other one is very much kind of I don't want to give too much away about this one but let's just you know we were talking about you know celebrating difference and valuing who you are and we're just going to kind of go much deeper in, that. into that area mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah it's really exciting I think these ones um they're going to be a lot more challenging yeah <laughs> um and you know we're spe- speaking to a lot of people as well to make sure that we're not excluding anyone and we are including people where you know making sure that they are as inclusive as possible mm-hmm. um yeah so it's it's really exciting um yes we we've we met yeah. up the day planning activities and i've started plotting them out now so oh wow that yeah. is exciting yeah. and are they scheduled for release next year or are you hoping to get them out this year no they'll be next year so next i'm going year. to be taking the month yeah. off all other work in august to write them <laughs> um, <Wow. laughs> um with with natalie as well with um her input and then yeah they'll be worked up so probably published around the same time yeah yeah yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly. You'd have to speak to Sam at Be Small, but I, you know, it's a similar timeline to the last books. Yeah, okay, that's really interesting. I think that's really good because, as you said at, at the beginning of the um, interview, a lot of the self-help kind of books for children are aimed at those slightly older children. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I actually received your books in the post this morning, and I had a look before I spoke to you this evening, mm-hmm. and they're just perfect for those there's kind of key stage one yeah smaller children and and older so it's great to have something that's accessible for that age group yeah, yeah. and as, when as you said we really should shout out to vicky barker who definitely illustrated them because yeah. you, literally i sent her text and some scrawled <laughs> which, and my drawing skills leave a lot to be desired um it's not one of my strengths <laughs> um, and, and she turned them into the books that you see which you know yeah. is really quite a feat um yeah and, and they do they look amazing she's done a fabulous yeah she's job. done brilliantly really, really brilliantly. Do. No, well done well done to vicky it's hard work yeah um, creating images to match somebody else's text <laughs> yeah <laughs> match what's in my head yes. <laughs> interesting Right. Well, thank you. That brings me to the end of my questions. And it's been really interesting talking to you tonight. And I hope that other people who are listening find it as useful and interesting as I have. So thank you again for giving up your time to chat with me. Oh, and I, I look forward to um, seeing the, the new books that are coming out next year. Thanks. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank thank you. you. No, thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. So I thought it might be useful for you to hear from a real life user of these books. So I've got a review for you now from the head teacher of Ryefield Primary School. Hello, my name's Colin Tucker from Ryefield Primary School and I've been asked to speak about the book Stretch Your Confidence, which is part of the Level Headers series. It's written by Beth Cox, illustrated by Vicky Barker and was produced in collaboration with Natalie Costa from Power Thoughts. It's also published by B. Small. The book itself takes the idea that confidence is really like a muscle. um, And that, as with any muscle, with a bit of exercise and a a bit of strengthening, um, the muscle can be improved. And I think what I like most about the book is the way in which it is structured. It can be used to take either an individual child or, if you're a class teacher, a, a group of children and guide them through in a a pretty open-ended way how to address quite complex issues. So, for example, it would look at uh, 
asking children. The book allows children and young people to to tackle quite complex issues such as peer pressure, friendships, um, developing a positive sense of self and body image, all of which are vital in in, in a society whereby I think children are put under quite a lot of pressure via um, Instagram and, and social media. Um, and then as the, as the book draws to a close, it looks at ways in which the children can start to develop stepping stones towards achieving their goals. The illustrations are, are charming, um, they don't detract from the work, and, uh, and really just complements what is an excellent book. Um, I, I can see whether you're a parent trying to coach your child through difficulties they may be having in terms of their own confidence and self-esteem, or whether you're a class teacher, um, I would strongly recommend it as a read. You won't be disappointed. Well, I hope you found that interview and head teacher review as useful as I did. If they've made you think that maybe you need to go and buy these books, but you want to have a look inside first, you can head over to my blog post at www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com where you can have a look at some of the internal pages. And if you want to find out more about it still, you can follow the hashtag level headers over on Twitter because the blog tour is happening this week. If you want to get in touch with me for any reviews or recommendations or further information, you can get hold of me on Anchor by leaving me a voice message. Um, I'm on Twitter as at BookSuperhero2 and the same on Instagram or you can find me on my Library Girl and Book Boy Facebook group. it for another week make sure you remember to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on the next episode which will be with author claire barker about the newest installment in her fabulously funny and wittily wicked pickle witch series see you next time bye bye